You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead of Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Busy week as the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Los Angeles Chargers in a Week 7 AFC West showdown. It's got plenty to get you caught up on. We'll start things off with the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show with the ultra-marinated takeaways after the Chiefs' Week 6 win on Thursday night against the Denver Broncos. After that, it's the Out of Structure podcast highlighting the Chiefs' wide receiver room and why we're starting to see it take shape. After that, it's the Great British Chief Show. This week, we had a special edition of the Great British Chief Show where Brad caught up with our friends from Germany to preview the Chiefs' upcoming trip to Frankfurt to take on the Miami Dolphins. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll catch up with Chiefs Coast to Coast discussing the McCole Hardman trade. The Chiefs obviously bring him back this week from the New York Jets. After that, we'll wrap things up with Show and BK discussing what the Chiefs need to do when they have the ball to get a win on Sunday. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. Takes time. It takes years. (laughs) That's the takeaway. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, we're back after our mini buy. We are refreshed. We're ready for the second division game of the season. It's the Chiefs and the Chargers coming up on Sunday. But first, the Chargers have a game on Monday night. We'll see if they can take care of the Dallas Cowboys. What a! I'm surprised that the the uh, folks around the the NFL, the fans of the other 30, 31 fan bases, John, have not pointed to the fact that the Chiefs have just so much more rest than the Chargers heading into the Sunday game. They, don't, yeah. they play Monday night. The Chiefs will have like four extra days of rest. That's a huge advantage. I mean, it really is. I'm not um, complaining about it. I'm, no, why? <laughs> but I, I'm just I'm surprised that the conspiracy theorists haven't haven't rallied. Uh, it seems like that is a a new favorite thing to do. All right, uh, let's get into the ultra marinated takeaways from this 19 to eight win. John, I will start with you. What uh, did you take away from the game? Well, I think it's interesting that uh, the this win on Thursday looks a lot different several days later, not just because time has passed, but because other games have passed. Um, on Sunday, uh, the undefeated teams were all defeated. Uh, no other team in the league has a better record than the Chiefs do right now at 5-1. and one. I believe if the season ended today, uh, the Chiefs would be number one in the AFC. They would have the top seed. They don't really put that information out there this early in the year, and I didn't want to take the time to calculate John, it. But John, are you saying you want to start the playoff picture series already? 
Uh, no, not yet, because <laughs> because I don't want to figure it out. I want to get the information okay. from elsewhere. Right. For ESPN, uh, ESPN usually got, does a good job. I don't job have that. that much time available to me. Okay, that's right, I'm just that's saying. Right. But uh, you know the all of the criticisms that people want to make about the Chiefs, they're valid. You hmm. know, it's it's true. The offense hasn't been as sharp as we've seen in the past. That's that's a valid criticism. But to suggest that that means the Chiefs won't do as well. No, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I can't tell you about the specifics of where the Chiefs would be if the season end, ended today, but the New York Times has already started their playoff calculator. Uh, so I can tell you that right now uh, the Chiefs have a one in three chance to get the first round by, and that's better than anybody in the AFC. So, um I, I, you know, they're doing great. Yeah, I was as you were talking, I was just thinking about when we should start the playoff picture. You shouldn't really have a playoff picture until week nine. I think at this stage, eight game, eight or nine games have to have passed sure. before like you really start looking at the playoff picture. But uh, as you were talking, I also pulled up, John, ESPN has it going already. The NFL playoff standing. So oh, really Chiefs uh, would have the top seed. Uh, the All Dolphins right. are the only other team with the 5-1 record. They would be uh, the second seed. Uh, this is because the Chiefs have a perfect conference record. Uh, then the Ravens, the Jags, the Bills, the Steelers. Mike Tomlin is just incredible. And then finally the Browns. So Wild Card Weekend would see the Dolphins play the Browns. Um, intriguing matchup there. Uh, yeah. It would be the Ravens and the Steelers. So division game. Um, in a sense, that would just be, uh, uh, you know, you never know what can happen in, in that matchup. And then it would be the Jags and the Bills, which I think is a, a spicy matchup as well. You get Trevor Lawrence and, and Josh Allen. Of course, we have a million games left, so these weren't, weren't wouldn't be the matchups, but I just like to fantasy book them as we go here. All well, right, I'm my glad you said we weren't going to do it until week nine, now that you've said the information's available. So <laughs> Yeah, it's just too early. I think yeah. once you get to yeah. the second half of the, and you get start to see the records, and the records wouldn't be changing, or at least the places wouldn't be changing so crazy like crazy then i think it's okay to go all right uh my first mariner to take away i think it's important to remember that from this game that the broncos offense was actually pretty good coming into the game uh i got this from pff uh, and this is uh pro football focus this was the first time the broncos passing offense has been completely shut down all season outside of russ wilson's occasional scrambling the chiefs defense was ready to stop everything that they threw at them and if you watch this game it was true i mean they could not pass the football and the the Broncos, for as bad of a team as they are, they have a lot of these weapons. And Jerry Judy almost lost his mind after, before the game with Steve Smith uh, Sr. on the sideline. So um, not to say that they have a, a full good head on their shoulders, but they are still pretty talented. And, and Russ Wilson threw for 95 yards. And I thought, John, by the end of the game, he like gave up on passing the football pretty much all together. He's just like, I'm going to try to do what Pat's doing and just run around. And granted... <laughs> Hey, it got uh, it got them within a score, and it got weird, weirdly close late. And then all of a sudden, you know, once the Chiefs were able to get that towering ten point lead, what it what felt like there was no way that the the Broncos were going to be able to come back once they had the two scores again, because you just like knew they had no pass game uh, in in this game, and that's a, a credit to the Chiefs secondary. Talk a lot about like the Chiefs front. Look, yeah, oh, go go ahead. Uh, no, I was like. I, we, We've talked a lot about the Chiefs front. We've talked a lot yeah, about their linebackers, yeah. but very quietly here, their secondary yeah. is teetering along elite. And I think it's just something to know. 
Well, I always look at the passer ratings. I know that it's a flawed statistic, but it's one that that takes a lot of things into consideration. Maybe not in the way that I would prefer, mm-hmm. but it 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 it's not just one thing. You know, that's one of the things I like about it. And Patrick Mahomes was not great in passer rating. It was under 100, 94.4 in Thursday's game. Russell Wilson, 46.6. Okay, you keep a quarterback down that low in passer rating, you're going to win a lot of football games, especially when you sack the guy four times, which the Chiefs did on Thursday. Um, Yeah, the defense is playing extremely well. Uh, and, and against, an, as you note, against an offense that actually had been playing pretty well before they came to Kansas City. Was that your second iron takeaway, or do you have another one? Uh, no, no, no. I just looked that up while we were talking. Okay. <laughs> well, what is number two? What else did, what else did you think? Um, I know a lot of people are, are unhappy about Andy Reid's play calling in this game, and they're unhappy about the, the fake field goal attempt. Um, let me just say this. I think people have might have the wrong idea about Andy Reed getting too cute. That's the expression people use is that Andy Reed gets too cute. I think Andy Reed kind of leans towards doing those kinds of plays. We've heard about plays like the, uh, the temptations play, if we want to call it that from the Super Bowl that, that came from, that was inspired by a play they had seen in a game from, you know, decades ago on film But they also have players who have a time in practice that they can come to Andy Reid and say, we had this idea to do play X. What do you think of this, coach? And sometimes he says yes, and sometimes he says no. Now, when the team runs these plays, they need to be in places where if things go completely south on the field, uh, they can afford for that. Well, what better time to run it than when you're playing the Denver Broncos that you've defeated 15 (laughs) games in a row? Um, You know, yeah, sure. It's possible the team could have done a lot more in this game if they had, you know, just run the ball up the middle on third and two or whatever, or fourth and two, or these, you know, all these, all these plays that you can point at where the Chiefs ran some bizarre play. I think Andy Reid really values having his players be able to take some ownership in the offense by, you know, being able to come to him with ideas for plays. And to him, that I think is worth quite a bit and enough so that he can afford to throw some weird plays out there when they're playing a a game that they think they're going to win. I know that that makes people crazy. Well, you know, what if the the Broncos come back at the end? Well, the way the Chiefs defense has been playing, how likely was that going to be to happen, you know? So to me, it just seemed like he was taking advantage of the opportunity to run some of these plays. If they work, great. They've got another play they can run. If they Mm -hmm. don't, they haven't really lost anything. I think the only thing that disappointed me was that I've been wanting to see them do the tush push because it's such it, it works at such a high rate for the Eagles. Now we've kind of heard chiefs coaches talk about how it's not exactly repeatable and how they also do it really well, but I still have wanted to see the chiefs at least you know, get a crack at it. And we do on fourth and two with the field goal unit. Like, <laughs> can we try it with the regular offense? Like if you're going to try it and if you notice the Eagles will only do it on third at third and third and two, not fourth and two, because it really only picks up the one yard. So you have to, so they would run it back to back and then they get it. So 
I don't know. I hope that they will try it again now because it, it just seems like it's unstoppable uh, with the actual offense. Not to say that it has to be Mahomes in the quote-unquote quarterback position. Like, it can be Blake Bell or Noah Gray. I don't care, but just try try it the way that the Eagles are doing it. Um, my next merited takeaway is that I've been suggesting Rasheed Rice could be the guy later this year. I'm moving up my schedule. I think he's the guy. I think he's the guy right now. I think he deserves all the snaps. I think he deserves to be leading the wide receiver room in snaps. That I'll agree with. I'm not so like into the idea of bringing in player X in the middle of the year and having to learn the playbook when we already always constantly hear about how difficult it is to learn uh, the Andy Reid playbook. But it's gotten to the point where money or not, experience or not, you know, last year's second rounder versus this year's second rounder, uh, all the money that NBA. Justin Watson, even even when he's reliable down the field, I know he's going to be out. doesn't matter. Rasheed Rice is very clearly the best wide receiver on the team um, when it comes to, A, it, it seems knowing the playbook, B, having the trust of Patrick Mahomes, uh, and C, just the production that you're seeing. No drop this last game, so you can't even say that he, he mm-hmm. is a guy that has to yeah. get his one drop out of the way. I think he played fantastic. I know that there are people in their cars or – working out that are saying but pete what about justin ross something is preventing the chiefs from giving justin ross more time i tend to think it is a playbook thing i think they're bringing him along they've i I asked point blank matt Nagy about this a couple weeks ago and he essentially said we're still kind of learning what routes and and stuff that he does well and so they're not comfortable putting him in a position i think to to get more snaps i think he's going to be more gradually bought brought uh, around but I, like I said, I understand the draft capital. I understand even calling Kadarius Tony wide receiver one in the offseason. Throw it all out. Rasheed Rice can be that guy for you, and I think he can answer a lot of the questions for all these people who want to trade. Rasheed Rice is free. He's already on the team. Keep developing him <laughs> and keep playing him because I think he is John the guy, and I think he's the guy right now. I think that's exactly right. I, I, I completely agree with this idea that uh, he's earned that opportunity. If for no other reason, they need to do something to make the offense more productive because they're going to be yep. playing the, the Miami Dolphins here in a few weeks. They're not going to be playing the Denver Broncos or the Los Angeles Chargers or the New York Jets. They're going to have to have every every player on the field doing everything that they can possibly do. And I think that Rasheed Rice is a guy that can do that uh, better than other players can. And also, Rice is essentially a slot receiver for the Chiefs. That's where he will do his best work. And if he's getting a lot of production, it's because the Chiefs are doing what they should be doing, which is dinking and dunking down the field rather right. than going for long balls because uh, Mahomes has just not been throwing those long balls all that well this season. So uh, there's two different reasons why I think uh, Rasheed Rice should be the guy at this point. Yeah, and again, you're not even really taking some of those outside receiver snaps in that sense uh, either. Like if you're still right. trying to find out who could, you know, could that guy be Justin Ross? You know, you're not even sure. like cutting into these hypothetical Ross snaps. <laughs> I'm not rooting against Ross. I want to be clear. I he, I mean, he's kind of become the bane of my existence because uh, I didn't, you know, I said he wasn't <laughs> going to make the 53-man roster and I have my doubts, right? Um but look, uh, he's on the team for a reason. I just, yeah, I think they're bringing him along a little bit more gradually. And there's reasons for that. We don't know exactly what goes on at practice and in the meeting rooms. And I think that he can carve himself out a nice little role, especially being a, a red zone guy, like kind of that Jody Fortune role by season's end. But um, 
you know, we got to see it. Uh, they, for like I said, for one reason or another, he hasn't gotten the snaps. All right, John, let's go to your final marinade takeaway. Well, you've uh, led right to it. This nice. is now Justin Ross's chance. Yeah, that's Watson. what I've written down on the back of the. Uh, excuse me, ju- did I say Watson? Justin Ross's chance. Goodness gracious! Yeah. No, you, I think you did. I I said I said with Watson going on IR, you mean these are yeah. going to be more snaps to go around? Yeah, right. And that's and that's that with one Justin on IR or at least inactive for a few games. This is going to be the opportunity for the other Justin. Let's put it that way, uh, to show what he can do on this team. I mean, we don't know why he has been the seventh wide receiver. Uh, from the beginning of the season. We don't know why he isn't getting more snaps. So Matt Nagy gave us some ideas about that, but there may be something else going on that we don't know about. Just like there was some reason that Tom Brady wasn't the starter in 2000 or 2001, whenever it was, when Drew Bledsoe got hurt and he had an opportunity to come in and play and he won the job. This is what Justin Ross needs to do. Now, if the issue is that he doesn't know the playbook very well, then he's going to have to show out as best he can, not knowing the playbook very well, or the staff is going to have to find a way to use him in the parts of the offense that he understands because they're going to have to, they're going to be short on wide receivers here for a period of time, maybe not very long. And this is the place where NFL players either make it or don't make it when they're uh, when they're an undrafted free agent, signing and whatever you want to say about Ross at Clemson or any of that stuff. Okay, fine. But he's still an undrafted free agent. And there's a reason why he's an undrafted free agent. There's a reason why he hasn't been playing more. Now is his chance to show us that we were wrong to pigeonhole him that way. And that doesn't mean that if he doesn't do it, he can't someday do it again. But this is the first real opportunity he has to show us what he can do. I think that's a that's a good point because they don't even really look at Montreal Washington like a receiver. So I mean, right. if you're, you take yeah. Watson out of the equation, you have Richie James already out of the equation. He's at the very least wide receiver five, which tends to make right. me believe that he he's going to. What has he been at the like ten ish snap count range? You you could mm-hmm. reasonably see him getting somewhere more so in the fifteen to twenty five range, just depending on on how often the Chiefs have the football against the Chargers, right? So that's going to be a big thing. But yeah, I, and I I think it, what's important there too is. And this is like the reality. A couple games ago, he got a couple targets, ended up making two good catches, also at two mm-hmm. drops in the game. So when you do get the small chances, you're gonna you have to deliver. And I, I think you're right, John. I think he's uh I think he's in a position to to get more opportunities here. All right. Uh my my final marinade takeaway, you already talked about short yardage, so I'm not gonna go there. Uh, I think sometimes being <laughs> one for five in the red zone, like we're always just like, oh. They're so bad in the red. I think sometimes you just get a little unlucky. Like the Chiefs offense was fine between the 20s. Uh, didn't, you know, kind of stalled a couple times. Two of these go the Chiefs way. You know, let's say they're three of five. Then suddenly it's a much more dominant win of the Broncos. You're not even really thinking about it. And so I just think that red zone to me is fixable. More so like than maybe some of the other stuff that we, we've talked about. Uh, and I think if, if the Chiefs just, like I said, say they got half of the opportunities they missed uh the the final score would have ended up being 30 something uh to uh what ended up being eight as opposed to the close call that it was 19-8 but it still was a dominant wire to wire victory and so i bring up one of five in the red zone i know that they won by 11 but it it, it could have been 40 and I, that's how i'm kind of looking at this game more 
a lack of luck and I guess you could make a case of play calling in the red zone than this being a game where the Broncos were suddenly on the same level as the Chiefs. Like it was never really a question. It got Agreed. a little uncomfortable yeah. and a little dicey toward the end. Yeah. But the Chiefs dominated. I joked it was the most dominant you know, nineteen eight performance in NFL history. And <laughs> it's odd to say, but it, it really was. And so I just think that's important to remember as they go through here. And I and you get the mini buy after, like we already said, you have the four day rest edge on the Chargers. I think you're gonna see a much better, cleaner looking offense when we get back here um on Sunday. Well, I think the most obvious thing or the, the the biggest thing to talk about on the positive side for the offense is, is Rasheed Rice continuing to emerge. He had his his career high in receiving yards uh, on, on Thursday, got the 72 on four catches, and he had his longest gain of his career too. He had that 28-yard catch and run late in the game, kind of helped them seal the deal, um, and that was a nice play. And and there's been, there was a couple of them in the game where, you know, Mahomes is, is hitting him in between zone defenders across the field. He's not really doing that with any other receiver besides Travis Kelsey. And, and that play specifically, the 28-yard catch and run, he did kind of have to squeeze it between uh, you know two players. And, and Rice just did a really good job of catching it and, and darting upfield and kind of avoiding the, uh, the, the defender's tackles. Uh, it, was, it was a good play, and, and it's a, a reason he needs to continue to play more and more. We'll get into more of that. Um, but you, you also got a shout-out to Isaiah Pacheco. I know he was one of your winners. Um, man, he just continues to look – like just better and better in all aspects of the running back position. I think last year he was such a straight ahead, you know, downhill runner, and it really worked when the team needed it. And, and it, and it, and they, the team got the most out of those, but you're seeing him be more patient now, kind of get the most out of plays more often. Um, and maybe not, you know, try, uh, you know, maybe not overdo plays or, or go for the extra, just kind of get the most of them. Um, and, you're also seeing him do really well in the the pass game, right? I mean, he's 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 catching passes and and doing well in the screen game, kind of waiting for his blocks, as well as just being a good checkdown player. You know, kind of getting upfield, making the most of each checkdown. So I I, I got to give it to those two guys. They were kind of my the highlights of the offense, in my opinion. Uh, and I think they were both in your winners. I I, I got to believe. Yeah, I, I've been talking about how they're they really should be the cornerstones of this offense going forward, other than Mahomes and Kelsey, of course. I'd love to see the Chiefs continue to build around these two guys. They're both young players, still have upside to go. But when the offense runs through them or, or they're very involved in it, it's more explosive. It's it's fun to watch. It's uh, physical. Both of these guys can, can put their shoulder down and, and run through somebody if they need to. Uh, so I, I like how it's evolving. And we had hoped with this mass of wide receivers the Chiefs have had this year that somebody would emerge. We didn't know that it would be Rice this early on. I think the team really hoped it was Kadarius Tony. That hasn't really happened so far this season. But I think it's a very good thing that it's Rice so far. And and uh, and again with Pacheco as well. Uh, that's something you can build on for the long term around this team. Cheap young talent that are physical uh, players that can make plays. You know after the catch or after contact. This is really. Uh, a, a great sign and a great building block for this team. And, and maybe they're starting to find a, an identity that they maybe haven't weren't sure about before this. Right. Cause they're giving Pacheco more snaps. Like it's not much of a rotation uh, as much anymore. It, it doesn't seem like, I think over these last few games, we've seen Pacheco really be a lead back and, and that's what Andy wants. Uh, you know, I think, I think we've he's gotten away from it over the years because he hasn't had that guy to be able to step in and do it. Um, maybe since, you know, I mean, you know, you're talking 2018 Kareem hunt kind of thing. 
I mean, you know, Pacheco just just may be the guy where they can trust him, and he's finally taking, you know, close to 60 70% of the snaps at running back. When you really don't see that uh, a lot of times with Chiefs offense, it's usually more like 55, uh, maybe 60. So I got to tee up for the linebacker group, though, Stack, because, you know, you are a, a, a big Nick Bolton fan. We're all big Drew Tranquil fans. I mean, I'm a big Nick Bolton fan, too. Didn't mean to phrase it like that, but we, we love we love both those linebackers. And it's kind of weird that that they're going to have to, you know, kind of pick and choose when to play each. But it's, it's a good problem to have right now, it, it looks like. So much hand wringing this offseason, so much concern about. You know, they signed Drew Tranquil, and now what does that mean for Nick Bolton? What does that mean for Willie Gay Jr.? Who's going to lose snaps? How are they going to continue this this room? And all of a sudden, the Chiefs just have four linebackers that can all make plays, and it is so fun to watch. It's so exciting to see that Drew Tranquil is still making plays, even with Nick Bolton back in the lineup. Nick Bolton comes back, immediately gets an interception. Willie Gay Jr. has a tackle for, or, or a pass broken up, right, and a, uh, I think – Leo Chanel had a, a really spectacular tackle for loss. All of these guys are playing well. They all have a little bit different skill set, but if you've got four linebackers that can all make plays and all can all be dependable, and you can rotate them and keep them fresh, I mean, this is a, this is going to be a strength of this team this year, and, and it hasn't been maybe so so much in the past. Right. And it's it's kind of funny. I mean, you look across the league, you know, the linebacker position is one of those that doesn't get respected as much in terms of, you know, investing it. You know, a lot of times, you know, I think rightfully so. When you look at every other position, it, you know, you have to have, you know, you need to be good at. It is kind of lower on the totem pole. But the Chiefs are kind of zagging to an extent where they have it as a strength. I mean, it truly is a strength of their defense. And, and again, like you're mentioning, it's the rotation that makes it a strength because, you know, as good as Nick Bolton was last year, he's one of the league leaders tacklers, you know, he, he had to play a hundred percent of the snaps and, you know, at some point you're going to get fatigued. You're, you're human. I mean, it's football and that's kind of the, the kind of the key here is that there shouldn't really be any reason any of them are fatigued at any point. Uh, you know, they should all be fresh, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, game depending on the game, you know, it's going to happen, but they all should be fresh, you know, tranquil and, and Bolton can, can kind of rotate and keep each other fresh. Even if it's like within the drive, you know, Hey, Bolton's maybe in on, on first and second down, and then tranquil comes in on third down or it's drive by drive where Bolton's in on one drive and then tranquil's in on the next drive. Although, you know, I think they, I think they want Bolton on the field as much as possible. So maybe it's tranquil and Bolton on the field at the same time and gay gets rest and, and you know, gay and Chanel rotate. And it's, there's a lot of different things they can do. Um, and depend on the the matchup too, right? Like if there's a team that's going to be throwing a lot more, you're probably going to see more Tranquil. But if there's a team, and Tranquil's been good both phases of the game, but there, if there's a team running the ball more and you're going to be in your base personnel a lot, you may not see Tranquil as much, and it may be more of a Bolton, Gay, and Chennault game. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things that can be flexible, and it's one of the reasons why their defense is is performing so well. Yeah, you can see a good defense without great linebackers, but to the truly elite defenses, have great linebackers. So it's it yeah. may be one of those things sure. that helps take this team from, from hey, a defense that could maybe be passable to all of a sudden being a top defense. And, and it really does solidify what's been a weakness in the past. And, and uh, yeah, it gives you something to build on. So uh, great development out of the linebacker room and, and really promising to see how they're, they're able to mix in the veterans uh, and the young players there. One thing we never talk about this year is the kicker. After all, for good reason. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that struggled in, in previous years. That had that injury last season, was missing uh, extra points to, 
you know, and, and people were really upset and wanted him replaced. People looked at his contract this offseason and wondered if they could save some cash against the cap and, and, and get rid of him. But all of a sudden, Harrison Butker is, you know, knock on wood, perfect for the season so far. I know, and, and I noted that he's only one of five kickers. And, and actually, I didn't even notice individual kickers. This is just the Chiefs are one of five teams that haven't missed a field goal or an extra point this year. And so shout out Butker. He's been nails. And not only has he been nail stags, that 60-yard field goal, that might have been good from 70. That was an incredible kick. I, the way it, when it hit the net, I couldn't believe it. I it, it was it was shocking when how how hard it hit the net. Um, and you know, I know it was a windy day, so I think he he may have gotten some aid there. But I mean, man, shout out Butker. He is he's been nails. He had a 52 yarder later in the game too that kind of made it a two score game. Uh, finally put him out of reach. So he definitely deserves his flowers for sure. Yeah, I heard that he had made some tweaks in the offseason. Like he, he changed a little bit about his technique, um, and, and they felt good about where he was. Obviously, getting healthy makes a big difference for him and, and not dealing with that that turf in Arizona uh, again, hopefully anytime soon. True. But, That's a good point. But they're gonna need, you know, they're gonna need a kicker down the down the stretch. There's gonna be some close games. This is a team that's not necessarily blowing everybody out yet. And and so to have a completely, you know, worry-free kicking experience right now is is uh, uh, is nice. I mean, I'll put it out there: Justin Tucker hasn't had that good of a year this year. Let's let's get Bucker an All-Pro. Let's get Buck. Let's get Bucker uh, some some recognition because he has been one of the league's better kickers, in my opinion, over the last you know half decade or so. Um, you know, I, I and you know just with his range and his clutch. I mean, how many? I mean, he doesn't really. You know, he does really well in the clutch situation. So, I'd, shout out Bucker. Let's let's get him a an, an accolade this year. Um, You're telling with, me the Chiefs are going to have an All Pro kicker and All Pro punter uh, to go along with tight end. Was, was, yeah, I forgot about Tommy. He, defensive he line. I mean, this is <laughs> this is good problem to have. Yes, sir. Yeah, but I, I before we move on to the uh, out of the insta breakdown, just with the red zone woes again, you know, and and this can lead into actually our next topic. You know, it just feels like, you know, it, it's so easy for it was so easy for them to get into the red zone, right? Because the run game was working. You know, the Broncos are playing a lot of zone, and and Kelsey and Rice were kind of tearing it up to an extent. But as soon as they get into the red zone and, and, and it tightens up, you know, and and defenses kind of don't have as much ground to cover, right? And you have to maybe trust more tight windows. And you know, we saw Mahomes kind of not trust those tight windows at times. Actually, on his interception, um, I, I kind of highlighted on Twitter, but. You know, he had two places to go with the ball, not necessarily the, you know, they, they weren't necessarily the most open windows. And, and I noted Denver did a good job of closing those windows. But, you know, at some point, you know, that's better than that's better than a sack. And you got to trust your receiver to come to, to go get the ball. I mean, one was Kelsey um, and, and he has trusted him, obviously, to do that. Kelsey was pretty tightly covered. But all that to say, you know, that interception was more of, I think, him being desperate to not go, you know, uh, get out in the red zone again. It was the second time down there. They 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 failed the first time getting down there. He has his ankle wrapped up and he's trying to still make a play. He might have been trying to throw it away and the ball got tipped a little bit. It was hard to tell, um, but I think he was maybe trying to still make a play um, on that one interception. I don't know. So I, I think that was more just you know Mahomes being annoyed with them not getting touchdowns in the red zone and trying to make a play. And I'm, I'm I, I don't think we need to 
we need to worry too much about it. But we'll talk about the receivers because I think it's a big, big point of it. I don't know. What do you, what did you think about the overall red zone offense? Yeah, you know, it was frustrating. Again, this is the difference between this being a blowout and it, and it being a uh, what was it, eleven point win. I mean, this is a it's still a two two score lead, you know, and, and it's something that they they had throughout the game. They were really never in position to to really worry about it. But yeah, you'd like to see them convert on some of this stuff. That fake field goal, you know, I love fake kicks, but it seemed like it was telegraphed. It seems like they were ready for it. And to run, you know, that, that, uh, uh, what would you call it? The brotherly shove, tush push. <laughs> there you go. The, yeah. Can you call it that in Kansas City? We need to yeah. come up with a chief's yeah. name yeah. for that. But they don't, they don't do it enough to where they're, they're good at it, obviously. And to do it from two yards out on a fake field goal without your ideal personnel in there probably um, was an odd decision for sure. Yeah, wasn't a big fan of that. Um, but again, you know, one of the reasons why they weren't getting stuff done maybe in the red zone was, you know, this receiver room is just kind of given, you know, Mahomes maybe some hesitation, some uncomfortability. We've seen it all season. He's They're trying to figure it out. I wrote for the site this week about, you know, there's there's a way they need to shake this up a little bit. And they're kind of forced to because they kind of buried the lead here a little bit with with one of the key injuries in this game. Justin Watson goes down on a target, you know, deep. Yeah. Should have caught the pass. It was a great, it was a great ball, great throw. Um, didn't didn't catch it and then dislocated his elbow on the way down. Mm-hmm. He'll be out a few weeks at least. Um, he has not gone on IR, but uh, I know Pete is speculating that he may go on IR at some point, um, depending on. But you know, it may not be as bad as they think either. So maybe it won't be an IR situation where he needs to miss at least four weeks. But that's going to force them kind of to shake up the receiver room a little bit. Um, and, and so we'll go to Thomas Ramirez's question at T-E-R-O-3 on Twitter, at always asking good questions. Appreciate you, Thomas. Uh, do you think with Watson out, this is a good excuse to finally give Ross and Rice more snaps? And so my answer to that is, first of all, Rice is getting more snaps. And, and, and I, I do think naturally this could lead to Rice getting even more, although you know they, it's not like uh, Rice is a direct replacement for what Watson does for this offense. But Ross, it is an interesting point, Stags, here, is, is that he is kind of maybe not the same type of player as Watson, but he can fill a similar type of role as in terms of getting downfield, being a downfield weapon, maybe not necessarily getting separation downfield and winning with speed like Justin Watson does, but maybe someone Mahomes can say, all right, nothing's working. I'm just going to throw it up to this guy on the sideline like we saw against the Vikings and, and let him get a 20-yard catch over a dude. I don't know. Do you think that's a, a, a reasonable uh, solution to kind of maybe Watson going down or, or how do you what 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 do you like about the receiver room? Maybe if, if they don't have Watson here for a few weeks. Yeah, Maris, do you think uh, the, the, the the fact that the, the Bundesliga is obviously streamed all over the world as well? And I know quite a few Americans and Canadians who actually watch that um, and they see the fan base, you know, bouncing in the stadiums and stuff like that and how crazy that that, uh, that, that soccer slash football crowd can be. Do you think that's kind of had an effect? Yeah, maybe. But I think also the, the uh, social media stuff like... Uh, the fact that German fans always have been present in large numbers at the London games um, in 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 uh, so many ways. Unfortunately, the Chiefs were only have only been there once, so and I yeah. was counting the days till they come back. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a dream come true. They they're going to play in Frankfurt. So 
for me, it was only a matter of time before uh, the NFL made it home uh, in Germany too. So um, American football has a, a large and a long tradition in Frankfurt as well, uh, not least because of the history of NFL Europe. Um, the city of Frankfurt itself has a good mix, I think, of tradition and the modern area. Um, you have the old town and stuff like that, which is uh, also interesting for, of course, Americans that come and visit Europe. So um, you have uh, historical places and stuff like that. And on the other hand, you have the the, the skyscrapers and the main Manhattan stuff like that. So um, I think on the other side, uh, this, this is also uh, very surrounded by the American military bases uh, in Wiesbaden, Darmstadt, Mainz, Rammstein, Kaiserslautern and Landstuhl. And I think this is the package of many reasons why there is a long tradition and there is a possibility for American football, not only in Frankfurt, but in whole Germany. I mean, the, they just announced their office in Düsseldorf in uh, Germany, uh, I think yesterday, and it's it looks kind of cool. And I think this is this helps a lot to, to grow the market here in Germany for NFL. I think I, and, and I'd like to add one thing. If you're like in Kansas or in, in Missouri, there are lots of people with a heritage uh, from Germany. Uh, so many German names, so many people who kind of, and, and that's something special about Americans. I think kind of us European always kind of have our country and, and have, have lots of history, but their history is always kind of connected to Europe or connected to other parts of the world. And, and you really see that they are, they are living there for like, I don't know, 250 years, but nonetheless, there's like a connection to Germany. There are the Amish people who are like, really have still like talking old German. So I think the, the, the especially Kansas City and uh, those those Midwestern uh, states really are connected to to Germany a lot more than than to other uh, countries in, in in Europe and that's something where you really kind of notice that they are interested uh, and I know that the the hunt family although they are coming from Texas uh, know that connection and really like to cherish that because it's like a natural connection to to the chiefs and something they really want to want to live with and uh, I like that and I like uh, the storytelling they have behind that so I know you've been quite um, into the uh, obviously the preparations of the Chiefs coming over as well as uh, there's obviously some events and parties organised and everything, isn't there? Are you aware of anything that uh, Chiefs fans can do while they're there? Is there like a, a, a fan village and stuff? Is is that something that we can expect? I think in general there will be. And that's, first of all, my experience from last year in Munich um, on, on Friday night and starting on Friday afternoon, Uh, Frankfurt will be like a huge city of NFL fans. If you go in the city center, there will be at any bar, at any restaurant, at any where way where you can can drink beer and eat something, there will be NFL fans, and all will wear jerseys, and not only the Chiefs jerseys, but lots of different NFL fans. And they they are all like friendly. They love to party together, and they love to kind of experience their their favorite sports. And I think that will be something special, which is kind of a little comparable to tailgating at, at Arrowhead where you just run around there and everybody is friendly. Everybody, if you, if you tell the guys there, it, it's really, it doesn't important in what, what lot or what way you are there. You're from Germany and you're a cheese fan. They all love you. And, and it's the same in Frankfurt and it will be the same in Frankfurt. Uh, if you are an NFL and football fan, you will find friends all over the place. And I think that's something uh, which is, is, is really special around those games because I, I think it's the same in London when you when you go there and you see so many different fans and they all love the sports and they all know it's special to have like real NFL teams here and not not the Europeans trying to do the sports. Uh, and, and for me, it's uh, that's something special. But there will be there will be a party uh, 
us together with the uh, the German fan club and the Frankfurt Galaxy, which is like a really cool connection. Not only for Marius, we will do a party uh, for Chiefs fans on the on the night of the, uh, the the day before. So on the fourth of November, there will be a, like a huge party in the in the city center. Uh, we can give you some more information to kind of buy really cheap tickets, and you will get something for those. So more or less free. But uh, making sure that uh, we get some people there, but that will be sold out really fast. Uh, we know that already, uh, and there will be so much more uh, and so much stuff happening there. I think the championship more is like the official Chiefs part. I think we will have a lot more fun with all the bars and all the people running around there, and uh, uh, those nights will be a lot too short. Yeah, Tom and I have been really kind of upping the uh, the German beer over there because we love the the, the German beer. It's fantastic stuff. Um, it's quite lethal as well. It's quite strong stuff. So uh, take it easy with it. And Brett, you have to be stuff. careful. You have to be really careful. There is something called Appelvoy, which is like an apple cider kind of, which is a bit more sour. And, and Marius knows that for me as a German, I can't drink that. So be careful if you, if you order something and they give you something traditional German. It could be Appelvoy, which is like, apple wine uh so kind of a <laughs> kind of a cider uh it's yeah. not like the cider or the cidre you you know from france or from from the uk that's something special you have to be a little careful that's quite <laughs> important is it like diesel yeah. oil is that what it's <laughs> <laughs> but you have have to give it a try it's it's really it's really tasty so try it once and then you, <laughs> leave you won't it, see the game or anything like that is that what you say <laughs> <laughs> we're here to obviously have a quick discussion about what you've seen from the Chiefs so far this year and what you expect from the Chiefs. So obviously the Chiefs are five and one. We've just just watched the uh, the game against the Broncos, which it didn't fill us with much confidence. And I think you guys are pretty much in the same kind of mindset on this. Is that right? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, having one of the, the best defenses kind of, of of all time, Mahomes playing for the Chiefs is something special. Uh, I mean, it's a top five NFL defense right now. I think it's the best defense uh, when you look on the points uh, uh, that other other offenses are getting against us. So that's something where I think the, the situation right now is, is quite good. But as every year uh, in the first couple of games, it doesn't feel like the, the rust is already off and it's kind of running smoothly. Uh, but there are always issues. Last year, we had all the, the the young defensive backfield players who were like still doing like the basic stuff as Spagnolo, and he was like adding more complexity over the over the season. This year, it feels like we're trying out. So it's like a big tryout of which wide receiver will be uh, really important for us and which one is not as good or does still not needs development. And uh, I'm quite happy that Reshi Rice is part of that uh, offense right now because he's like the the light and all the dark we have there besides uh, Travis Kelsey so um, I'm, I'm really interested how we can kind of fix the offensive problems we still have but nonetheless we are kind of always are being a bit negative about it we are 5-1 we are uh, still having uh, like a top 10 offense if you look at the points we are doing and uh, and the yards we are making so it's it's something where we are kind of spoiled from the last couple of years and uh, many many teams would be happy to have such an offense uh, in their team and and so I'm I'm quite relaxed that there will happen something in the next couple of weeks on the on the trade block. On the other side, uh, um, the team will uh, be much better in December, January. So uh, I'm I'm quite relaxed right now, and I'm really looking forward because next week the Chargers game, and then then the uh, two weeks later the Dolphins game will be like the the real big test. I mean, uh, we will have a real NFL game, not just like a showcase event uh, playing the Dolphins at Frankfurt. There could be some more from this team. Are we? Are we... I don't know if you heard the term sandbagging 
And uh, are, are we yeah. are we kind of just holding something back? Do you think is that what yeah. you, is that what you, is that what you think? <laughs> yeah, I received uh, uh, so many uh, Insta direct messages yesterday from other friends, which say, is is Andy Reid doing something? Why why isn't Justin Ross showing up more often in his in his offense and these routes and stuff like that? And I was like, yeah, I I maybe. I had a flashback about last year because we we have discussed this this topic last year as well, and then we we had back in the days this uh, different uh, OC with uh, Eric Bieniemy, and now it's Matt Nagy, of course. And of course, we have to get some things done, and this offense is not running its best football right now. Um, but they don't have to actually because we are, we have uh, we, we have faced some teams that are not that good as they have been last year, like the Chargers. Uh, we played in uh, second uh, w- uh, week two and uh, Buccaneers with Brady and stuff like that. So I think the challenge is to to get them right in, in shape and stuff like that and keep the uh, or g- get this thing rolling in the beginning of uh, uh, January and uh, of course February. So I think we are we are good in this time and I think of course we don't activate all the labor pages right now because. We don't want to give uh, that much tape, especially from a guy like Justin Ross and the, the teams sh- uh, like the the Bengals and stuff like that. We face them late in this uh, year's schedule, so I'm really, I'm really chilled right now for this. But of course, the wide receiver one discussion is like I see that coming. Actually, because I was like, okay, there is Tony. He's not that healthy at all. Then it start uh, starts with the with the training camp injury and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't think he is ready to go like the wide receiver one. And then the stuff with uh, Sky Moore. I think he's a he's a good guy, but the the production is not where it should be for a, a second year receiver. So yeah, we have to to figure something out. We have to get things get, get things get things rolling. <laughs> And yeah, but I think we're we're good with this defense. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I feel bad because, you know, we always have a show sheet. We always have things that we like to get to. But when this came across, you you you, you said this in the group chat. You, I think we were a little surprised to see to see McCole Hardman um, traded back here to Kansas City. Let me get your initial reaction to that trade before we go any further. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely shocked to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I thought this would happen 
maybe if he got cut, I didn't see a trade happening. Um, I mean, but if it was one team to do it, I guess it would be the team that has familiarity with them, right? The team that he knows the playbook and he's a plug and play guy here in Kansas City, right? Like there's, I mean, he's not hurt from what I know. I don't see why he shouldn't play this Sunday. I mean, normally when you get you trade for a guy, you know, you let him wait a little bit so he can get acclimated and, you know, do some apartment shopping or house shopping and get the playbook <laughs> down. You don't have to do any of that with McCall Hartman from what I can tell. Is so. he moving back to the same apartment? He doesn't have to do he doesn't have to even look around. He can just, uh, the lease is still there. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's only been like six months. So, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't have the inside source on that one, but. I did tell you on this show a couple weeks ago, or was it last week, that uh, I did know somebody very, very close to the situation, and I didn't reveal who that was at the time, because, you know, I'm a very professional journalism journalist here, so um, I, I keep my relationships very close to the vest until, uh, you know, I feel like it's a good time to unveil them. So can I do that now? Oh, is this, so you're revealing your so after just talking about how good of a journalist you are and you'll never reveal your sources now you're now you're gonna reveal well your because source. now it's it's done with it's over with at this point like go ahead the, what you got the, the source was himself it was McCall Hartman <laughs> we, we were messaging back and forth last week and he was like yeah he wanted to come back but obviously it was not in his hands so um Something that he definitely wanted and people around him wanted to happen. Obviously was not happy with the Jets, wasn't getting playing time there. And, you know, he's back in a familiar place where I think he's going to play an instant role in this team. So the full compensation, this is according to Adam Schefter. The Jets are sending McCole Hardman and a 2025 seventh rounder to the Chiefs for a 2025 sixth rounder. That's it. That's the compensation. And the deal that he agreed to, with New York was, I believe, maxed out at $4 million with a floor being around uh, a million dollars. Like, certainly we'll double-check the numbers there. But ultimately what I think the the home run here is, is like, you know, this is a cap-friendly deal for Kansas City. And, and, and ultimately when I saw this come down, my initial reaction was a couple things. First part, this kind of gives you a peek into the mind on how they feel the wide receiver room currently looks and then two specific wideouts because I think McCole Hardman and the reason why I maybe sit on this platform before that the Chiefs didn't need McCole Hardman is they have McCole Hardman at home it's like when your parents say can we get McDonald's it's like nah we got food at home like they have Kadarius Tony they have Sky Moore they have two guys in-house already that they've invested capital in that kind of play a similar role already Mark Gunnels so when I saw so when we were talking about this before today it was with the vein of you know They've already got some people who already do that. In my opinion, them pulling the trigger on this tells me that they don't believe long-term that Kadarius Tony can be an answer at wide receiver one, wide receiver two, or, or anything. They can't depend on him long-term. And then Sky Moore as well, they see what we see. I mean, I think maybe they kind of shared the same thought process that you did coming into the year, that he was going to be one of those guys that took the next step. But it hasn't happened through six weeks. And I think this is a very cheap deal. It's a deal, as you said, a guy who has familiarity with the offense, a guy who can move back into his old spot. Uh, Serta says it's 1.4 million cap hit the rest of the way, barring whatever incentives were built in for McCole Hardman. Look, I don't think it I don't really think it solves. And and, and I really want to get maybe where your thought process is on that. I don't think this solves Kansas City's wide receiver problem at all. I think it maybe helps. It gives maybe Patrick Mahomes a little bit more comfort 
on a guy who's in the room. But as far as bringing back McCole Hardman, that's it. That, we, we fixed all the all Kansas City's offensive problems. I just don't think that's that's the case. Yeah, I don't think it fixes everything, but I actually does. I do think that it does solve a lot especially when you consider this. A lot of things haven't looked easy in this receiver room, right? You've had Mahomes right now. He's on pace to have his most rushing yards in a season in his career. Not really an ideal thing for your quarterback to be running that much. I think that's a sign of either receivers not getting open or a lack of trust. And I think McCole Hartman actually does potentially solve both of those things. Because now he's instantly your fastest fastest receiver without question. Yeah, and I do think Mahomes has a trust level with McCole Hardman. I think you could argue that. Does now, he though? I, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, I think, let's be honest. This is a guy that Mahomes really seemed frustrated with at many times well, in their relationship. But the, like, the bar is really low, though. I mean, could you? Who else besides Kelsey in this roster do you think Mahomes trusts more than McCole Hardman right now? Rasheed Rice. More than McCall Harmon? Absolutely. I think I think currently Rasheed Rice is their most trusted wide receiver. And I would say that even if Justin Watson was healthy. Obviously, I believe another reason why this move happens at the time it does is because I, I, Justin Watson is hurt. And he didn't practice today, Wednesday, when we record this. He's another guy that Mahomes has shown trust for in the past. But I did another reason why I didn't think the McCall Harmon thing made sense is because he wasn't really on the same page with Mahomes at times when he was here. So are you just going to fix that overnight with him coming back with a new attitude from New York? They they definitely have their their faults for sure. But there were also times where they were connecting on deep balls over 20 yards, which is something this offense has not been able to see that much of this East season. And let's say if you do say Rasheed Rice is the second most trusted guy, not counting Watson because he's hurt right now behind Kelsey, then Harmon's third. I mean, I don't think you could argue that he trusts NVS more than McCall Hardman. Definitely not Sky Moore. Um, so Justin Ross can't even get on the field. So, I mean, at worst, he's still your third most trusted pass catcher as of right now. I think that's very safe to say as the floor. And I think that matters. But my, my biggest thing to me is the cheat code aspect of this. Like I was alluding to, this offense hasn't had any real easy plays. Now those jet sweeps go from five yards to potentially house calls. We saw this guy have three touchdowns in one game against the best defense last year, the 49ers, all off of jet sweeps and in the red zone, which is the, the area they struggled at last week against Denver. They actually had 400 yards of offense in that game. They were moving the ball up and down the field. They just couldn't punch it in the end zone. McCole Hardman could solve a lot of your red zone issues, Aaron. Does that intrigue you? I guess. You know, it, you, I'm surprised you're so like you used to be a McCole backer. What happened? I'm, I'm a little surprised you're so you're so I, not moved by this. To me, the the answer for Kansas City was never add more. I don't want to say mediocre because I don't think McCole Harmon is mediocre, but he's not a needle mover. Like he you weren't gonna get a top end guy in trade and free agency anyway. So I just thought. Honestly, stick with the guys that you got. Give them the reps in time because that's another part of the equation as well. McCole Hardman coming in and you investing whatever capital you got to get him, you have to take that away from the development of Sky Moore, which we've already admitted he's not where you would have hoped so far. You're taking away from Justin Ross, another guy where people were asking for more snaps, asking for more opportunity. Like you admitting six weeks in that McCole Hardman is a solution for you all is essentially saying, we can't 
not that we can't win the way that we're currently built, but that we can't win a championship the way that we're currently built. And I don't know if that that's how I saw it. I don't look at it like that. I look at it as Richie James. Is, we haven't heard anything about him and when he's going to come back. That's true. Yeah. Justin Justin Watson, that said is not as bad as they initially thought, but still, there's really no real timetable of when he's going to come back. And I think this is more about Kadarius Tony. I don't mm. think this is really going to affect Sky Moore's snaps really that much because I think the way they've been using Kadarius Tony so far, he's not even running routes past five yards. I mean, the guy is coming in and doing little wide receiver screens or reverses and jet sweeps. I think that is where you're cutting into snaps there when you have McCole Hartman coming in for 10 to 15 snaps a game, doing a little gadgety stuff. And unlike Kadarius Tony, he's not going to dance around and do all that extra stuff. That's what I think you're benefiting with McCole Hartman. His straight line speed is something that I think can be used initially. Because he's going to just hit the hole and go, right? That's why I said those five-yard reverses could turn into 15 to 20 yards just because of having McCole Hardman on your roster. Chad is very active on this topic. Of course, this is new news for the kingdom. Think through tactical says Mahomes is a better gadget guy than Kadarius. I think he frees up 19, so Andy can actually give him route play past the line of scrimmage. As you just mentioned, Tracy has chimed in on YouTube, says Aaron is a hater with the laughing face. And Anthony says it's going to open up the wide receivers to have more space having McCole Hardman back. Appreciate y'all having uh, a lot to say about this in the chat. We're moving right along here on episode six. It's funny, though, guys, because Aaron used to like McCole Hardman. I don't dislike McCole Hardman. I'm not saying that McCole I'm not Hardman saying you is don't, better, but like, but... he used to be like the McCole Hardman defender. We, <laughs> now we, we, people are calling you a hater. <laughs> we, we have more data now. I think I think we have a little bit more data now. And I, I think what you said there is right. Obviously, he's going to play an impact in special teams and we know what he can do as a as a returner. Um, yeah. You think this means Washington is probably put down to the practice squad now? Yeah, man. And it, and if uh, Frank Clark is another name that is possibly rumored, I know CDOT, our guy already put out that he's having a physical tomorrow. I mean, you got to start making some room on the roster when you talk about Charles Menehue's move, McCole Harmon's move like it's. You got to start making some of these decisions now. All right, we do this every week uh, when the Chiefs had the ball, had the ball. And to go along with what we're talking about, man, this this is my thing, Serta and BK, is like I want to see a realistic identity from the Chiefs. I've always had a feel like I know what they're gonna do. I know they're hey they're big plays and they're scary you and then they'll back people up and then they'll 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 be so. Uh, so on target with their short passing game and, and run after the catch. And they've got Patrick Mahomes to do things. And because of the fear of the big play, they'll take advantage of a lot of different things. Like you just don't, you're so, they're so unpredictable. Like you can understand what their identity is. This year, their identity to me feels, Hey Pat, run around for a bit or sit in the pocket for a bit and just wait till, wait till you can, you feel like you can throw the ball to Travis. And now Travis ain't going to be that far down the field. And maybe for five yards, but just sit around and watch and, and watch. And the, against Denver, it was certainly that. And they're five and one. And we look at their schedule. We're going to start being honest about things and look at their schedule, the teams they played. We know what the expectation is and what the goal is. And that ain't going to be sustainable, in my opinion, to just have the run around. Now, I can, in my imagine, in my mind, imagine what it would be. Like for me, I just I 
I thought it was inexcusable not to use Isaiah Pacheco uh, more last week because that to me seems to be the form of what they they should be is run the uh, much more run the ball and using him. I just I just want to see more of an offense that looks uh, smooth, that looks like we're accustomed to seeing, and not just disjointed or just off. That's the, that's the best way that I can describe. Is just they just look off every week. This team and, has no juice. This no. team has no juice right now. That's that's the biggest issue with it. Is there seems to be no ability to get explosive plays in the passing game. And when they don't have anything going explosive in the passing game, it doesn't look like what you're used to seeing from Patrick Mahomes. Now, last year, we saw a little bit of this. There were times where they struggled to get the explosives, but they typically would figure it out. Like over a four-week stretch, there'd be two games where they really struggled with it, one game where they were exceptional getting deep, and then one game where they were just okay. This year so far, it's been like one game that they've had some explosive plays through the air, and then everything else has mostly been at or near the line of scrimmage. And the only guy that's really been able to get deep in any sort of a consistent way is Justin Watson. And now he's no longer going to be available for the foreseeable future. Marcos Valdez-Scantling needs to show up. He's a guy that has to start showing up in that capacity. You've got to be able to connect with him on some of those deep balls. And if you can't, well, then just put McCall Hardman in that role because I know that he's at least capable of doing some of the other stuff. And if MVS can't do any of the other stuff and he's not getting deep successfully, well, then let's go back to McColl and see what that looks like. But otherwise, like you're right, Ron, this doesn't have a real identity yet. I do think it's an offense, though, that can develop one. Like, oh, absolutely. I think this is an offense that, to your point, should be more run heavy. I think Pacheco has earned that opportunity. And then I think that you could be a little bit of a play action type of a team, like less of the RPO true and more of the true play action sets. Rasheed Rice should be able to thrive in that regard. Travis Kelsey certainly could with some more of those like over the middle, maybe a little deeper type of passes up the seam. I think this is a team that can get there, but they right now have no identity offensively whatsoever. They don't do anything well enough to have an identity. Yeah. And and real quick, because you've been, you've been a, uh, You've taken the the gun to MVS multiple times more than anybody uh, that I know. I heard you on the post game uh, sniping him out again early in it. Um, I mean, you get really emotional when you talk about it in your voice. Do you all seriously? You talked about the deep routes. What routes do you see him running? Like, do you see him down the field? I like I, maybe I'm tripping. I'm just like we're like I don't even see go routes with him from who? I don't even from MVS MVS. Oh yeah, he's a sprinter. He's 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 running wind sprints all day long. That's it. I just don't. I don't. But I don't. But I don't. It doesn't seem like he is down the field all the time. Like oh, it, it seems like it's, it's Justin Watson. They, it's, 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 they send him and Watson deep, and then like BK was saying, a lot of it's just around the line of scrimmage stuff. Like MVS isn't out here breaking off like curl routes fifteen yards down the field or something like that. Like he just doesn't do that stuff. No, I, no, I, I hear you. I, I'm just saying the thing that you would think he's like the, the go routes, the down the field stuff. I just I remember him down the field a lot more often last year than I generally see him now. He just it just like anytime they like I don't even like we've watched Mahomes. He'll throw the thing in double coverage down the field. I, I mean, I've watched him throw it to Justin Watson or throw it to people. I don't even see like I don't even see MVS down the field. It's like they're not even running those routes with him as much. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I need to 
really go watch the all 22. I can't believe I just said that. Uh, go go watch that to really no, but see. But I it just—it just, it, it just doesn't seem like is that MVS is still being treated like he's the veteran member of this offense because he is because they're so young. And when he's on the field, it's not even that he's not like getting opportunities. Like Mahomes isn't even targeting him. Like he's no, not he making no, he plays they don't even at all. Like he's not making an impact whatsoever. All of his snaps are just giving you absolutely nothing. And that's what you can't have. Like you gotta be, you gotta get something out of somebody who's on the field. And Sky Moore and MBS are basically just doing absolutely nothing when they're on the field. For this and this season. is why Rasheed needs to play like 80% of the snaps. When he's on the field, he's been incredibly productive, like among the most productive receivers on a per snap basis this year in all of football. You you can't keep that guy on the bench anymore. I know what, what they're probably trying to do, Ron. They're, they're trying to slow play it. And they want to wait until after the bye week. And then week 11, they'll try to unleash him against the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. I, you can't wait that long. Like, it's time. Now. Now is the time where you need to go out there. You had the long week coming off of Thursday Night Football. Now is the time when it, it's time for him to get legit start, starter snaps. You should be playing 80% of the snaps the way the rest of the way forward. Like, I just, for me, it's just like even MVS running, like running to run coverage off. To run cup like to run to to make a safety respect him to uh to to even open up you know intermediate stuff to Kelsey or Rice or anything. I just it it is like for me, he'd be running damn near go routes every time just to at least to do that. And I don't even I think like, that's what I he's doing for what it's worth, but he it's just no, the, the I, problem just, is I, none of the other stuff is effective right now. I just I don't even see it. Like I just I like I don't even like I don't even see his it's, maybe it's just because they're not even they're not throwing his way. It's, it just seems like he's the only thing he can do though. Like because he doesn't break tackles. Like he's not he's well, not no, a guy that's no, gonna he doesn't catch get the ball to break and break up. But he does. But he doesn't. He doesn't do that. Like he doesn't ever do that. Like yeah, he there's doesn't a reason get the they don't try to get him down. over the middle of the field and get him into space because he doesn't break tackles. I honest to God, that kind of player. Listen. listen. I this is six weeks now, and we and we just bang really hard. And when I say we, I'm talking about the fans, and the Chiefs, like bang on the on the the receivers, really hard. I I just to some of the stuff in terms of where you're playing. I don't. I I honestly don't think they're being put as well as 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 much in the right positions either. I like. I don't think. I don't think that they are the role, whatever the roles are. I don't think they're being put in the best positions every week possible to be doing with some of the things they're doing. I just, I, I am really disappointed to me in the coaching that I am seeing with these guys. Some of it is, is them and they're not being ready or whatever, but some of this, I just, I don't, and, and not just the the coaching, the quarterback, right? Like the, the, the quarterback too. Like, and by the way, the other part of this, is this going to be the week where we get to see Patrick Mahomes? And not this this guy, that this other guy. When you when you say that, what are you looking for? Well, I, I just want to see the guy that plays at an MVP level, the guy that plays at the the the, the level of the one of the best in the game, if not the best in the game, and not a guy that's just like his interceptions are excusable or inexcusable, like that one last week. That's just ridiculous. Um. And he's off on passes. Like he's, he's been short. He's been off on passes. Now, Justin Watson dropped the hell out of that one. There've been some other things, 
and God, he'd still be here uh, if he didn't, if he didn't, if he wanted to just call the ball. Man. I don't understand. It's not hate. I'm just saying that man, that man in his dropping of the ball dislocated his elbow because he dropped the ball. Like he had to put his hands out. If he'd have caught it, he would have just caught the ball and gone down. But no, I I, I want to see the guy that 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 makes guys around him better, especially receivers and makes these guys. And like, he's like, at some point you got to help with the confidence. I mean, I've, I've literally watched him. As I said, I don't, I, I don't know these routes that MBS is running. I don't, I don't see him down the field as much as I would think he would be, especially if that's the only thing he does. Well, it sort of tells me, but I watch, I mean, I watch Mahomes just flat out bypass wide open receivers. To to find a to 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 buy an extra tick or two to let Kelsey come open or come close to open. I mean, I, listen, Sky Moore has sucked, and as you said, has not really done anything. I watched Sky Moore multiple times, not have a not have anybody within five yards, ten yards of him, be open, look to be one of the first reads, and Pat just bypass him. And I just like I like I, some of this is going to be on him, and I and I I don't think we've seen him play at a Patrick Mahomes level, maybe in the Bears game. I don't think we've seen that. And he's errant throws, errant this. Like I just like, and we keep we we keep putting it all on the receivers, but at some point, like we can't just keep ignoring. And I get it, and I and I run different. Like I expect the most out of the great ones. Like I don't look at the great ones and the Chiefs' offense is rolling and I'm, it's struggling and I'm looking over here at at MVS. Like I just I, I'm hoping this is the week we start to see the the, the MVP. I, I don't know that this is going to be it. To be honest with you, if we're going to see it, I think it's next week probably. the The Chargers consistently make things really hard on the Chiefs. Like Brandon Staley, for all of the issues that he has as a head coach and there are plenty he's a a bad head coach and the chargers are an abomination compared to what they should be with the talent that they have available to them however every year against the chiefs this is brandon staley's super bowl he's going to come up with an awesome game plan it's going to frustrate the hell out of patrick mahomes and this entire chiefs offense and they will find a way by toothpicks and bubble gum to get to like 27 points. that That's kind of the way this typically goes. So I don't think this is the week that you look back and you say to yourself, man, that was the week that Mahomes got back to being the MVP candidate that we've known him to be. But if if you're expecting him to be a little better, I, I think that that can absolutely happen this week. And the biggest way that that happens is he just prevents the interceptions. He, he has to stop with these like one or two just horrendous passes a week that are complete backbreakers for the offense. And if he does that, I think that's, a step in the right direction. But no, I, I would not predict that this is the week he gets back to MVP form. I hope you're oh, wrong, man. Serta, he's killed the Chargers. <laughs> like, he's like he's had some great... It's, I, I mean, great, it's the been games have been close. It, the games have been close. Like, yeah, the last it's, year in, in LA, he killed the Chargers. I think, but like, a lot of their recent matchups have more been like, not necessarily Mahomes, like, carving them up stat line-wise. It's more like... 253 scores and he like made big plays to put them in a position to win like the right. like the overtime win a couple years ago where like Tra- Travis Kelsey broke free and like ran for a touchdown like like it, it's that those kinds of performances but I don't, he doesn't normally like cook the Chargers defense 
He's yeah, it's facing, typically around like six or seven yards per attempt. He's going, thank you. He's going against primarily what many people believe another top 10 quarterback. And he clearly, he clearly shows to be the best quarterback on the field. Like clearly shows over Herbert in those games to yeah. be the best quarterback on the field. Agreed. And if he plays the way he has played the first six weeks, that is not, I'm not sure that that's the case. Like that's what I'm saying is that if the dude that's played the first six weeks walked in some of those chargers games, the chiefs would have lost them. Like if the guy that's been playing like this and listen, I still believe he is the best quarterback in the world. He just not hasn't shown it. And I'm, I'm waiting. All right. Is it week seven? Is it week seven where the MVP returns? First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.